0: Hello, you're listening to The C, The Z of Movies. My name's Colin, I'm The C. Uh, joining me as ever is Zijan The Z. And it's, it's the morning, Zijan. it's the morning.
1: It's not only the morning, it is your birthday. It is
0: my birthday. You're Happy a- birthday, Colin. Thanks, Zijan. you remembered. That's how nice you are. <laughs> of
1: course I did. I was pretending not to. <laughs> I, in, in,
0: our, in our little pre, um, pre-podcast pre chat, you know, where we get the vibes up, where we get into the zone. Yep. You did not mention it. My- I thought, Zijan, my good friend and podcast co-host, forgot my birthday, but no. <laughs>
1: Of course not. No. So what are you doing on this very nice lockdown day on your birthday, Colin? Uh, all restaurants closed, all bars closed, nothing's <laughs> up.
0: Um, yeah, because normally normally I'd be hanging out at a bar on my birthday.
1: <laughs> of course, Colin, I know you so well.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go to the zoo. No, um, I'm going to visit my, my brother, um, which I'm allowed to do. We are. We both live alone, so we're allowed to bubble. In fact, we'd be allowed to bubble if only one of us lived alone. And you know what's Tijan, by strange coincidence, uh, it's his birthday as well. Ooh, what a strange coincidence Mad, is it? Mad I know um, But this does, of course, put an end to uh, everyone's favourite time of the podcast year um, Where you are older than me <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I, I remember we had an argument before that I was saying that you guys must be fraternal twins And you were right. arguing against me vehemently until I was proven correct
0: This is true So for many, many years, we, Simon and I thought we were non-identical we have been told we were non-identical And everyone's like, no, you're not, you're clearly identical uh, huh. And um, yes, something like 2017 or 2016, um, Simon did a test, well, I right, both the test, but he paid for it because I wasn't, I wasn't interested, to be honest, um, and paid good, good money to get something back saying, definitely identical, so there you go.
1: Yeah, you should have just paid me the money and I would have told you the same thing.
0: It's a, it's a missed opportunity. I mean, I didn't pay any money, I want to be very clear. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not prepared to do that now, I'm not going to pay you now for you to tell me what you already know, I'm sorry. Sorry, man. Uh, today we are looking at the, the Netflix film uh, Rebecca, which has been out for a couple of weeks now, or, um, but nothing else is out. So let's do that. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, we're also going to look back at the uh, Hitchcock version of Rebecca. Uh, we've got a quiz on the films of Mister Monsieur Luc Besson, uh-huh. and of Wait. course, much, much more. Much
1: more. Well, not that saying much. Saying that, right? <laughs> yeah, because this is we're entering part two of the lockdown. Ooh, is, is uh, little,
0: I like this little French frisson we've got today. I um. well, you know,
1: in, in honour of our uh, our quiz yes.
0: <laughs> director. Um, do you speak French?
1: Uh, a little bit. I, um, I, I actually went for lessons when I was in London. Oh, went, okay. uh a year for a year, so it's pretty good. And because I used to had to work in Paris for a bit. So oh, I you did, not you? I some yeah. French, yeah. Un petit peu? Un petit peu, oui. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and anyway... Um, Lockdown partner is here, which means that Disney has moved a lot of dates, which unsurprisingly surprisingly to anyone, really. So that includes Kenneth Branagh's Death on the Now, which I was surprised was part of Disney, but apparently not was Disney. like 20th century studio. Ah, because it was a so Fox property.
0: Hence, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Hence now they own that. They are also moving off uh, Ryan Reynolds' Free Guy. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw the trailer of that recently. I thought, "Hey, that's quite cool," and I'm surprised it's actually coming out this year. Now,
0: no, no. The nope, last trailer anymore. was a kind of a big joke about how it's coming soon. Maybe we hope, we think maybe, and obviously that has proven uh, prescient.
1: Hmm. I know. Uh, well, that that's. It's bound to happen. Tomb Raider 2 has been delayed indefinitely. I didn't know that was going to happen. We didn't, we didn't like the first Tomb Raider. No. And we didn't care about it. But it's directed by Ben Wheatley, the person who directed Rebecca on Netflix. Did Ben Wheatley direct Tomb Raider? I didn't. Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh,
0: oh, he was going to direct the sequel. All oh, right, okay. He's going to direct Sorry. the sequel, right. yes.
1: Uh, he's also going to direct the sequel for The Mag, apparently.
0: This is... Um, yeah, this was my first item in the news. Um, and the weirdest... <laughs> The weirdest news I've heard in a while, to be honest. Um so did I'm assuming you didn't see them, Meg. No. no. The,
1: about the giant
0: shark or M- Megalodon. Yeah, um I didn't see it, but Jason Statham fighting a big shark and then an even bigger shark. Uh I seem to seem to recall was the was the plot. But I mean it was kind of schlocky nonsense. Yeah. Um I'm a little bit surprised uh. it got a sequel I didn't think it done that well. But Ben Ben Wheatley. We'll talk um, about Ben Wheatley more in the in the in the main episode segment, I guess. But um, what I
1: was going to say it's joining a list of films that Ben Wheatley have. have no idea why Ben, ben Wheatley are doing them.
0: I mean, I can guess why. Um, <laughs> it's a big old bag of money, isn't it? That's, uh...
1: Yeah, that's true. But no, no one's craving for Mac too.
0: No, and I said, this is. I commented before that I think I said it or two ago that there's been quite a few weird directors aligned with sequels. So like yes. Andy Serkis doing Venom two, um, things like that. And you think these are these are fairly good. I mean, Andy Serkis has only made a couple of films, but he's fairly well respected, I think. And then to to take a bit of a swing. Babe, hey, James Cameron started on Alien three, I think. So uh, why not? Right, we're start somewhere. They could, they could
1: be the next James Cameron.
0: Not James Cameron. David Fincher. Um, sorry, James Cameron was Alien two. I think. Um, one day we'll do a quiz on the directors of the Alien films. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what we are getting though. They, they can't stop this happening. It's a Snyder cut of Justice League. Uh, oh it's my def- god! Definitively exactly. happening. It's no longer a film. <laughs> it's a four-hour TV series. Yes. Um, and despite all the sessions that yeah, he'd made his version, it was in the can. He was done. All he needed to do was maybe a little bit of voiceover work. That was all a lie. Um, so we discovered last time that um, the Joker, as played oh. by uh, Jared Leto, is going to be it. Uh, apparently, Joe Manganiello. Uh, whose name I'm probably mispronouncing um, is shooting. Okay, he's Deathstroke. Yeah, he's Deathstroke. Stroke. So, so he was Deathstroke in a post-credit scene of the of the Justice League we got in cinemas, mm. uh, where he basically just took off his hat and did, maybe didn't even have a line, I can't remember, uh, but looked pretty good. Anyway, he's shooting some scenes to this apparently.
1: So. Of course he is. Uh, Zack Snyder can help putting everyone in this his new five-hour uh, series. Like the thing is, right? I was interested in this series again when. Um, the trailer came out because it looked pretty good. But then, after all the allegations that Ray Fisher, the guy who played Cyborg, keeps coming out and he just keeps making more and more allegations, all right. the more and more I'm put off by this whole...
0: Okay. Thing. Well, his allegations yeah. are against Joss Whedon, aren't they, rather than... Yeah, uh, pretty spider. much, yeah. But uh, I don't know what the future is for DC because this, this doesn't feel like a kind of one-and-done just do your miniseries and it's over. I mean, if you're putting Deathstroke in it more and the Joker and stuff, it feels like you're, they're planting seeds for something more, but they, they don't have the budget... To to do this for TV, I mean, they've spent hundreds of millions on this, but they, it's not going to be, like they say. Right, Justice League second miniseries because they haven't got another six hundred million to spend on uh, on a HBO Max series, have they?
1: Mm. Warner Brothers Plus.
0: Sorry, Warner, is that what it is now? Is it?
1: <laughs> no one knows what okay. it is. Well, they need to compete with
0: Marvel, right? I the think they do, but um, this it doesn't feel like they're done here to me. So I, I don't mm. know what's going to happen. I DC seem to have moved more into standalone stuff or, or less into a connected universe but maybe this is maybe they're going for a tv connected universe i don't watch this space but since um, none of us are ever going to go to a cinema again um forever forever, forever. tv seems oh. to be the place to put your money
1: yeah why not right yeah. um speaking of uh franchises as well and this was news Sorry, was that french news. franchises yeah ah uh, yeah yeah that was the pun. <laughs> that was the pun intended. Um, <laughs> This, was, this just came out yesterday, anyway. Uh, Johnny Depp has been asked to resign from the Fantastic Beast series. Has he? Yeah. I missed um, that. So he is going to do that. Yeah, it just came out yesterday. Uh, he is off, uh, off off, officially. Oh, he's been... And, what,
0: Warner Brothers have done yeah. this? Oh, wow.
1: For, for those who didn't know, uh, Johnny Depp uh, played Grindelwald, who is basically the main villain in the entire Fantastic Beast series. Hmm. So his removal would... Um, yeah, who knows what on. What's why, 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 series?
0: Yeah, because they—I mean, we, let's not get too much into this. But um, the, the various allegations from Amber Heard when he sued her, or he sued rather the son for libel and uh, and lost this week, um, which doesn't again. The, let's not go too into it. But I guess that hmm. is connected to that. I guess they they're hoping, well, not hoping, but they, they're thinking if he if he won that case, then he'd be more or less exonerated, uh, and he didn't, so he's not, um, albeit. Doesn't there's still allegations, I suppose. But anyway, um, I what they could do is um, bring, bring back Colin, Farrell, Colin back. Farrell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: The the thing is, when remember when we first reviewed the first uh, Fantastic Beasts, mm. and we were so disappointed with Johnny Depp's review? Yeah, like, possibly the most disappointing review we've ever had. Yeah. Well, now we've got a
0: wish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it was so weird, wasn't it? Because like Colin Farrell was in this really great performance, and Colin Farrell is a is a decent actor. I think he's um, a lot more. Uh, appreciated now than he was when he was kind of trying to do leading man stuff and like Mammy Vice and all that which wasn't well received but yeah good he's picking interesting projects and then it's like last three seconds like hey it's Johnny Depp remember how you loved him in Pirates of the Caribbean 15 years ago and nothing he's done since Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, although um, I say this there there are I'm quite active on Twitter and there are a lot of Johnny Depp fans on Twitter it seems Ah. it surprised me a little bit okay well um, yeah I think bring back Colin Farrell me too, Seem, I agree. Seems with to that. be the best in universe so sure. um, way to do it. Um Michael B. Jordan, uh, the uh, the star of Creed and Creed Two may well be directing Creed three, apparently. Um, so apparently this is just this has slipped into some interview somewhere more or less unnoticed, so who knows. But uh he's never directed anything before as far as I'm aware. Uh, and um, so this is a good place to start I suppose I think he knows the character why not right he knows the franchise. Like, I mean it
1: follows all the Rocky series right Sylvester Stallone ends up directing
0: yeah Sly did direct uh, most of them mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: and I don't think he directed I think Sly directed 2 3 4 and maybe Rocky Balboa. obviously I had Ryan, Krugler, Ryan Coogler, um for Creed I can't remember he directed Creed 2 anyway uh, but yeah I'd be interested is this is a good place to start I'd, I'd I think we disagreed, Because I quite like to see more Creed films. I think you're happy with what they've just done. But,
1: yeah, I'm yeah. happy. I, I enjoy those films, though. To be fair, yeah. Creed One and Creed Two—they're both really good films. Uh, and for, coming from someone who has not seen any of the Rocky films before, I thought I really, I thoroughly enjoyed Michael B. This, Jordan's.
0: This is your 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 lockdown uh, challenge, Suzanne. Watch Rocky. <laughs> watch your, what? Now you've been glued to the U.S. election uh, in Philadelphia. What better to, thing to do than to watch? The film that put Philadelphia on the map, Rocky. I mean, some people say the Liberty Bell put Philadelphia on the map, but I say it was Rocky.
1: Did it win the Oscar? You could you could just ask me to That's
0: true. It did win the Best Picture Oscar. Yeah, Exactly.
1: Watch it in Lopeng Oscar, the next
0: one. Brilliant. Let's do it. Oh, sorry. Over to you.
1: Yeah. So Simon Kinberg... Mm. the guy who butchered the X-Men series, <laughs> has been asked to write and direct...
0: I think, I, in fairness, I think the, the X-Men series was butchered before he... Uh... Uh, that, that well, he was. He was so, part of the Catalyst, though. He, well, he's, he did. he's a weird one. Something. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt the opening to your story. Sorry, but... Um, it's a weird one because he's been involved in more or less every single X-Men property. Like, all right. the good ones, all the bad ones. Who you knows? You know, but he's only directed one that was Phoenix and it was bad. Anyway, over to you.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's... Writing and directing a Battlestar Galactica film. Oh, yeah. So Battlestar Galactica is a very popular TV series and is one of my favorite uh, TV series of all time, especially in the sci-fi universe, especially the first three uh, seasons. Okay. The last one, most people don't talk about. It's a, it's a very, very good sci, uh, science fiction series about um, a bunch of humans running away from Cylons who are basically robots. Who look like humans so they didn't know who to trust kind mm-hmm. of kind of, uh, kind of series so it it was a very 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 good series uh it's one of those that i binge watch and bought the box set off and you know Colin, how much i do not buy stuff i'm, I'm well
0: aware <laughs> your dvd collection uh doesn't take up more than one shelf i don't think but uh a-
1: exactly so okay.
0: it's, uh so it, um it's... i've never seen Battlestar galactica uh, it's on
1: BBC now, actually. You can check oh, it out. In my head, it's yeah.
0: kind of Star Trek. But maybe... Um,
1: mm,
0: maybe that, not really. No. There's a lot
1: more political intrigue okay. going right on. Basically, um, ultimately what happens was that the, the humans were fleeing against the robots. Uh, there is a president that has been nominated to lead them away. But this president was originally like the secretary of education and like 16 on the line but because everyone else died uh, okay beforehand, <laughs> kind of a last so
0: last survivor kind of a- last so
1: i was standing so obviously she didn't have a lot of um she doesn't have a lot of clout so people don't really want to trust her a uh, president then, that
0: people don't trust hmm.
1: well hmm, and then she has conflict with the military leader who obviously thinks this is a war okay uh and then they 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 make a lot of political decisions, basically treating this as a war, and then she's trying to ensure the survival of the community. But then she doesn't have the trust of the people. So how is she going to manage this, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So uh, the the whole idea of political intrigue in this whole series is makes this series worth watching. I would mm. say. Um,
0: is Jewel state in it?
1: Dual state. Jewel
0: Ju- 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 state? state. Um, from Firefly, Kaylee. Uh
1: no no she's not in it. All
0: right.
1: I'm gonna to try to think of anyone that you know of that you've seen before. I'm sure that I'm it.
0: sure I see you talking about it on Instagram and stuff. Nah,
1: not that I've heard of. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not looking forward to it being a film because I thought it ended when it should end it, and now Simon Kimber is doing it, so it definitely mm. should not be a film.
0: Alright, <laughs> oh, okay. I I was yeah. that's not how I thought this was gonna go. I thought you were gonna be like, I'm really excited for this. Okay. Interesting.
1: Nah, yeah. It's one of those things when like not all T V series should be made into films, I would say.
0: Uh, she was in Stargate, not, not something else. Okay. Uh, Completely different. Fair enough. Because um, is it not being rebooted for TV as well? There was rumors, yeah. Okay. I, I did hear about that. Uh, so is it the same cast for the, the film? or they... No, it's
1: just uh, early stages. He's just right. set to write right and direct.
0: Well, good luck now. to Simon Kinberg, um, who may or may not be good at stuff. <laughs> um, he's had one directorial film and it was bad. So uh, I don't have any more news. Is it? It's a very slow, what? very slow period for news. No wonder you've been stalling with this whole Battlestar Galactica. I've uh, got the time, my friend. Got to pad yeah, the time. I
1: can tell. Um, the rest are all just basically casting news that are films that I've not heard of. Yeah,
0: that's probably why I didn't write it down because I didn't care.
1: Yeah, everything I have is. Or casting years.
0: Okay. Do you want to do, yeah. do, do it or do you want to skip it?
1: Do I want to rattle ret- ret- through? I'll rattle through quickly. Kristen Bell and Jonathan Graff will be starring in Molly and the Moon. Cool. Which is a musical. Ooh. And they last start together in a musical called Frozen 2. Hugh Laurie and Emilia Clarke will lead the voice cast of a Terry Pratchett adaptation of The Amazing Morris, which is about... A cat. I did um, see that. Is that is that a
0: Discord thing or is that something completely different? I think it's a Discord yeah. thing. Yeah. Did you so write? Did you write anything that wasn't Discord? I don't know. Uh,
1: well, the things that he combined with. Uh, uh, oh, you have new game, new game, game, of game and, right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Dark omens. Dark omens. Dark omens. Uh, good omens. Good omens. Yeah, good omens. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Tom Hardy, Ty Sheridan, Stephen James, Bill Skarsgård, and Pete Davidson will join a Vietnam War drama called "The Things They Carried." Oh, yeah. Rupert Sanders is directing that
0: and Hathaway know, Pete, Pete Davidson um, Pete Davidson who was in SNL I believe was he yes. and was dating Ariana Grande um, when I first heard about him dating Ariana Grande I was confused because there's an actor called Peter Davidson I think um, <laughs> who was Doctor Who like 40 50 years ago Watch my he, I was like he's done, he's done well to be dating Ariana <laughs> Grande it's like when um, when I heard that Taylor Swift was dating uh, Tom Hiddleston but I misread it as Tom Huddleston who was a footballer he used to play for Wolves and I thought that's a that's a surprise
1: Maybe, maybe you should check your glasses <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm old now season. I can't
1: prescription yeah, yeah. yeah. would it be? Um, Anne Hathaway and Jessica Chastain are to star in Mother's Instinct um, yep
0: yeah. what's that
1: <laughs> do I need to explain I do not explain any of the other films
0: <laughs> I mean you explained a little bit okay fine
1: um, Story Set in the 1960s is about uh, neighbours who live in perfect harmony suddenly shattered by a tragic accident as guilt, suspicion, and paranoia combine to unravel their sisterly bond. Wow, cool. Basically, a gone girl, the girl on the train, and mm. all of these kind of, um, you know, female protagonist thriller uh, kind of films that have been out quite a, which, quite a few of them. Which, be, yeah,
0: okay, cool. Mm. Yep.
1: Jennifer Lopez and Army Hammer is a star in Shotgun Wedding, which is a comedy, huh. uh, but it's directed by Jason Moore, who did Pitch Perfect, so you okay. may watch it. Okay, okay. Mm. I mean, Matt Damon joins Steven Soderbergh in No Sudden Move.
0: Uh, Matt Damon does all Steve as well uh films. <laughs> <You love them. laughs>
1: Pretty much, yes. Sounds right. And, think. and... I- Army Hammer's quite
0: funny. Yeah. He was funny in uh Man of Mungle. Not sure about Jennifer Lopez, maybe. I haven't seen Jennifer Lopez in a
1: film for ages.
0: Uh no, I didn't watch was it Hustlers that thing people seem to love? Uh, um,
1: no, I've not seen that either. No. And last but not least, um, Aaron Taylor-Johnson is joining Brad Pitt in an action film called Bullet Train. Cool. Which is about five assassins finding themselves on a the fast-moving bullet train from Tokyo, with only a few stops in between. Who will survive?
0: It sounds like uh, Unstoppable. Awesome. <laughs> Not really. It's about a it's about a bus. It's about a train. <laughs> the, the, the plot
1: doesn't sound remotely like unstoppable in any way. Of
0: I'll it. be honest with you, Susan, I didn't. I didn't see unstoppable. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, there are ninjas. Um, we, too bad. Didn't we did an episode many many uh, episodes ago about films on trains? Didn't we? Maybe Pretty it's sure we maybe it's time yeah. to bring out films on trains part two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, we are definitely running out of uh, juice. That's of subjects.
0: <laughs> they've got so few films up. Um, right then, so to see or not to zed is our next segment where we talk about the films we have seen, tell you the listener whether you should see them or not zed them. Um, Zijan, I'm assuming that you've not been breaking into your multiplex, um, but you probably have been watching films. Maybe maybe a stream. I reckon you may have streamed a film.
1: Um, yes, I've definitely streamed the film. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> once I, you, once you've sp-
0: eliminated the uh, the impossible. <laughs> What, uh, what remains, however unlikely, must be true.
1: I'm so embarrassed to mention this as well, but... <laughs> all right, Ooh, okay. I watch holiday.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I almost certainly will, so who am I to judge? Um,
1: <laughs> uh, look. What have, how, how have we fallen? Look at how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> at least we're not doing an episode uh, on
0: Holidays, I suppose.
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, this is what happens when all the blockbusters that were... Du- there must you must know, they're supposed to come out...
0: There must be better films out there than Holiday though. Uh, you've never seen Rocky.
1: God, I remember the time when we were doing the podcast, the spreadsheets and all that, and we were like saying, oh, look at all these good films that are coming mm. out in October, and November. Like, you fill out all the spreadsheets with them, and now I'm watching the holiday, and I'm talking yeah. about the holiday on <laughs> our podcast.
0: I had oh, to very sadly, um, very sadly delete Free Guy from... The, it was the only remaining film we had in the, in the spreadsheet schedule this year. <laughs> I had to delete that yesterday, so... That's so sad. It's it's holiday. It feels to me like a film where they came up with the title before they came up with anything else. It's like, holiday?
1: Let me tell you the premise of this uh, film, Colin. Let me tell you the premise of this film. Uh, Sloan, played by Emma Roberts, and Jackson, played by Luke Bracey, hit the holidays! Exclamation mark. Hit the holidays? Oh, hate the holidays. Hit hit the holidays! Exclamation mark. Their enduring singledom leaves them subject to the judgement of their meddling family members or stuck with clinging awkward dates on each festive occasion. Right. When these two meet, they pledge to be each other's plus ones for each holiday celebration over the course of the year.
0: Just as friends, I I, I assume. (sighs) Nothing romantic going on there. Um...
1: What an awful premise for a <laughs> I, film.
0: I did see someone on Twitter um, saying like, if anyone says that they desperately need a date, a date for Easter, then something's gone wrong. <laughs> That's a fair point. It's, like, it's a r- What a
1: ridiculous <laughs> premise. To avoid being subject to the judgment of their family, they said to have a fake date, who their family knows about as well. So they make judgments about having a fake oh, the family date Oh, family knows it's
0: date. Okay
1: it's the most ridiculous notion you're right Colin uh, in the sense that they've definitely chosen the <laughs> chosen the title before choosing the bloody plot Ooh, <laughs> yeah. oh it's going i
0: um, i'm so you knew all this going in yes you, i did <laughs> um did it did it live down to your expectations or or your... oh, yeah it definitely
1: lived to my expectations <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh it's awful it was an awful film don't watch it
0: well, there you go. That's a, that's a, probably about as strong an a anti-recommendation we've ever had on this uh, in this segment. Uh, I'm, I'm never sure about Emma Roberts. I think she's done some pretty good stuff, but I'm trying to think. I, it's all fairly fluffy. But um, I saw in Nerve that was pretty good. I watched her in I think the other day, um, which oh, what was the title? There's something funny about you. I think it was called or something like that. Um, which oh. again, she was she was all right. But uh, but yeah, n- not really broken out into anything particularly. Uh, great actually was she Nancy Drew did she play Nancy Drew was she Nancy Drew well, not, well, that might not be true well, I, I seem to remember when she first burst onto the scene and obviously I thing was about how she was Julia Roberts' niece but she's managed to keep her career going although she's going to age out of the uh, um, teen girl I suppose she's probably playing student age now is she
1: yeah she is uh, this is middle age now
0: middle age? age she's playing 50 <laughs> Nine. Not... <laughs> wow that girl's got rage <laughs> Mid, Middle-age has suddenly become a bit older than I used to think it was.
1: Late 20s, early 30s. We are
0: middle-aged, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched, um, I watched a film called The Elephant Man. Um, which, the original? The original, yep. yep. Um, I think there's only been one as far as I know. One, we? right? Yeah. Uh, there was a stage play starring Bradley Cooper, but no, the original was directed uh, by David Lynch, who's probably best known for... Um, Coming that one in because I Twin Peaks. There you go. Um, and his, I've not seen his other stuff actually, so I, I was aware of his reputation as being a kind of very weird director. But I was also aware that this one was probably quite reined in for him. I think it's fairly early for him. Um, and it starts pretty weird. Like there's this kind of misty dream sequence of an elephant attacking a woman. Um, but for those of you who don't know the story of the Elephant Man, I think you probably uh, do. It's it's a based on a true story. Um, of a guy called John Merrick, although in real life apparently he was called Joseph Merrick, um, who is born with um, significant disfigurement uh, to his face and body, and he's kind of kept in this Victorian freak show. I think it's Victorian, um, and then uh, effectively rescued from it. Uh, so it's played by the late John Hurt. Um, he plays he plays John Merrick, and apparently something like eight hours of makeup every day or something like that to to to, to get into, uh, into into the character. And Anthony Hopkins plays the um, the doctor who i say we rescue him but also kind of in some ways treats him a bit like a freak as well kind of presenting him to to fellow doctors mm. as a look at this this medical marvel as opposed to look at this freak of nature which is much the same thing i think um yeah it's good it's very moving um john hurt is is superb um there's some really uh yeah kind of very moving bits where he, he's um kind of being loved for the first time ever, like his, his mother abandoned him when he was, when he was a kid. And uh, yeah, so the first time that anyone's really appreciated him, and then he has the kind of ups and downs. I, I th- I'd say maybe a weakness of it is that it's not quite clear what... I mean, if it was pushing a um, the medical community is just as bad as the Victorian Freak Show thing, which it seemed to be fairly early on, at least that, that's a, some sort of story, but it kind of moves away from that fairly quickly. Okay. Um, and it felt like it had a quite an abrupt ending as as well. So there's kind of a, a quite a few things coming towards the end that move on. But um, overall, definitely worth a watch. Um, David Lynch, I say, not as, as weird as his son is, but you can definitely see some traces of what he would... I, well, I say I have only seen clips of his other stuff, but you can see traces of, of, of the reputation he would get. And uh, yeah, worth checking out. For some reason, I always thought that Elephant Man was a very, very old film. Yeah, it's black and white. Um, so, uh, so, okay. so it looks older yeah. than it is, I guess. But yeah. Um, uh, but no, I don't know exactly when, but about oh, I guess 1980-ish, maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I remember. I know there's been black and white, so I think that gave me an impression that I was extremely. old and then you started mentioning mentioning Anthony Hopkins is like Anthony Hopkins is not dead, or he is old, but it's not dead. Yeah. That old.
0: And I'm not sure I've seen him. Um, uh, it was it was 1980. I'm not sure I've seen him in a film from that kind of period. And he he was a good looking man in his youth, Anthony Hopkins, He's looking very oh. very dapper. Um. I mean, maybe because he was off against the Elephant Man, but still. A... Harsh, <laughs> <Hush>, harsh. <laughs> I, I have definitely not learned the lesson of this film, have yeah. I? Um, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> <anyway>. um, <sighs> uh, right then, so there's one recommendation um, and one not recommendation, albeit uh, Elephant Man is, as far as I'm aware, not on streaming. I watch it on DVD, so you might have to stick with Holiday uh, for now. Um, I'm going to move things around a little bit as just to surprise okay. you. Um, because okay. I think when we talk about the main uh, segment, Rebecca, we we'll probably want to reference maybe the the original Hitchcock Rebecca. So let's talk about yep. the Hitchcock Rebecca first in our segment, Look Back in Oscar, where we watch a, a film that won the Best Picture Oscar and uh, talk about it. And Zijan tell us about Rebecca.
1: Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask you how we're going to do this yeah. <laughs> before this podcast. <laughs> well, clearly you've thought this out because mm. <laughs> I forgot completely about I gotta,
0: it. i got to put in the hard uh, yards, put in the prep. Yeah.
1: Mm. <laughs> Yeah, so Rebecca uh, was released in 1940. Um, this was directed by Alfred Hitchcock. It was his first American project. It stars uh, Laurence Olivier, Joan Fontaine, and Judith Anderson. Um, I believe this is Alfred Hitchcock's only win uh, in the Best Picture uh, oh, I think category. you're right, yes. Yeah. Um, it received 11 nominations at the 13th Acad- Academy Awards, huh? uh, winning two. Um, best Picture and Best Cinematography. Um,
0: Did you? I always think she won uh, Best Best Actress. Is that not true?
1: Uh, maybe I'm mistaken. You can Google that up. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm pretty, I got that from Wikipedia, so I may have been... Wikipedia may have, may have lied to me. Fair enough. <laughs> um. <laughs> so this is an adaptation of uh, Daphne du Marnier's uh, much-acclaimed novel uh, of the same name. Uh, and it concerns an unnamed woman who... Uh, Married a wealthy widower, only to discover that he and his household are haunted by the memory of his late first wife. The titular character.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's pretty much it.
0: So I. Uh, I, I looked that o- up. I was wrong. Uh, she was nominated for best actress, but she didn't win.
1: Yeah, I'm always right. You're always
0: right. It's true. It's true. Although your <laughs> your pronunciation of Daphne de Maurier was uh, was not quite spot on, but they, I thought <laughs> I thought I thought I'd let it slip until you started declaring that you're always right. <laughs> I knew
1: that was going to come by <laughs> me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've actually only recently read the book. Oh, uh, right. It's like a couple of years ago. I'd say recently. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Oh, before you saw, years before ago.
0: you saw this film, right?
1: Definitely before I saw
0: both films, yeah. Oh.
1: And I saw the original Rebecca um, like a couple of years ago as well, um, and this is when you know we had screens in public. Mm. Uh, they did a screening in public, and then all of us just sit down on picnic blankets and watch it. Those were the days. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, I've, I've uh,
0: never done that, but yeah, that sounds that sounds fun. Those were the days.
1: So, and and I watch it again uh, just to refresh my memory. It's free on YouTube, by the way. So for all those who wants to watch uh, Rebecca, mm. uh, the original Hitchcock one, just go on YouTube you oh, and watch it. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I, I watched it. Some years ago, I watched it again uh, last night. albeit I was doing a crossword at the same time, so I wasn't paying full attention. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I've read a bit about this, and so Hitchcock, I think, didn't. He was a bit more um, restricted on this than in, in his later films. So um, I think that David uh, O'Selznick, Selznick, uh, who was the producer, I think uh, he was. I think they, they clashed heads a few times. And Hitchcock, as you say, his first American film, so he hadn't built up the reputation yet that would let him do whatever he wanted. But still, yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic film. Great. Um, great performances all around Joan Fontaine fantastic Larry Olivier uh, I've not seen masses of Larry Olivier films where he was brilliant and, and yes, of course Mrs Danvers famous and I think this <laughs> this is probably um this this film is probably what most people think of when they think of Rebecca more than the book I I'd, I'd say the book is very popular and very, and very good I read that yeah it's definitely
1: good. like mm. my um for example my my boss uh, named his son Maxim
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Based on the film, version of Rebecca. He's not read the book before. Did, so,
0: so he didn't know he was a murderer. <laughs> yes. No, no, not in the film, though. He's not, not in the, the film, film, no. No, that's going to be that's a, thing. a bit of a shock. So isn't
1: I, it? I corrected him. I was uh, not very happy about that idea. <laughs> that's
0: amazing. Uh, but yeah, I think in the public imagination, this is kind of the definitive Rebecca. And I say we'll talk about the the Netflix one, but a lot of people were well comparing it to that as opposed to comparing it to the. Uh, to I, the book be yeah, a very very atmospheric i mean you can oh, kind of see hints of the suspense a master of
1: that isn't
0: he yeah i mean hitchcock in suspense obviously that's that's what he does and it's uh, done so well the music is also, is so good in this film as well
1: um, it really is hmm. it really is and <laughs> the thing is uh, it's going to be so hard because i'm going to start comparing a lot with the recent yeah, film as yeah, well yeah. but yeah <laughs> um a few other things that i need to mention before i start going to the recent film um i mentioned before like um So for those who have not read the book, etc., and seen this film, uh, the part about uh, Maxim being a murderer is a spoiler. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Spoilers Sorry, (laughs) Spoilers alert. Um, And the reason why it was not treated as a murder in this film was there was a Hays Code, apparently, a code Mm. called the Hays Code, which states that in the film they should not depict that crime.
0: Don't they make uh, car manuals, Hays? Did they? I have no idea. That's a a reference that would kill in uh, maybe 30 years ago. People would be like, oh, Colin... Your references to Hayes manuals are hilarious, but oh well. Carry on. <laughs>
1: the Hayes code states that in um, any films, uh, crime should not pay, mm. and if uh, if it follows the book, um, and spoiler alert, if you read the book or or seen the most recent film, uh, Maxim, uh, the Mister the Winter mm. killed Rebecca, yeah, uh, in yeah. the book, uh, by because and he got away with it in the end as well um, from a trial, um, and to prevent that in. The original film, they had to make sure that uh, Rebecca died by an accident yes. rather than uh, uh, on the hands of Mister. De DeWitt. Yeah,
0: so he's like almost going to kill her, but then she died anyway. Mm. Yeah,
1: which was a shame, though. That I think that part of uh, that that bit of him killing her adds a little bit more. It, ambiguity it robs a bit of it, doesn't it? Yeah. To the story,
0: yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and, and of course, obviously, the fire at Mandalay is a, is a big, uh, famous cinematic ah, moment, and Mister um which we'll talk about again i'm sure in in when we come to the next segment one thing i noticed yesterday which i would forgotten so it's a terrible proposal like so many proposals are so he's, he's not even in the same room as though he just shouts through the door it's like so do you want to get married um and uh and then i noticed, like, so they sit down to have a cup of tea or something or coffee or whatever it is um and basically he's asked her to marry him and she's here. she's she's on board. And the first thing he says to her after that is uh, how he likes his tea. Don't forget. I think this is I know it was nineteen forty, but um, immediately you know, kind of your, your priority being to tell your wife how to serve you drinks. So, <laughs> uh, uh But yeah, I, I I think they were so, and I think quite quite close to the well, very close to the book really, in that he's kind of this, this older imperious Uh, Guy with like this bluff exterior, well, kind of quite a a rude exterior, but you kind of this hidden water, so what's that, still waters run deep and all this. Whereas she's quite cowed and timid, and that that all comes across.
1: Um, Definitely truer to the original story, I would say. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to move on to the the, the recent presentation soon, yeah. Uh, Which, okay, (laughs) which I'm going to go through now. Um, Just quickly, so now we have um, on Netflix, we have Army Hammer. Mm. who takes over Lawrence O'Leary's role as Mr. Uh, the Winter. Oh. You have Lily James, uh, who takes over Joan Fontaine's role uh, as the second Mrs. The Winter. And then you have Kristen Scott Thomas, uh, who is Mrs. Danvers, mm. um the Judith Anderson role. I think I want to start with, uh, by saying, call it, uh, what, what, do you think that Rebecca is actually a love story? Do you think those two protagonists actually love each other? In the book? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Um yeah because I, I, for me i think the relationship is a little bit one-sided because maxim is definitely a more powerful it, controlling person in this relationship rather than the second mrs the winter who is more naive
0: yeah i mean i think it's she's definitely in his in his under his sway i i guess i i've been a while since i've read the book but I, I see it as kind of she's she's kind of fallen for him he has for her but won't let himself kind of show it Wow. Um, because of this whole Rebecca thing uh, in his in his past, and it's kind of the the story of them of him opening up that part of him, and, and uh, I kind of I always get a kind of the, the impression that it was the the thing that came between them. And by the end of the book, they are they are happy because that has been vanquished, I suppose. Okay. Um, so yeah, during the course of the novel, perhaps there's not a huge amount of love being expressed, but I, I kind of see it as a, it's weird because of the murder, but you're kind of almost as a, as a um, <laughs> happy, happy ending uh, of sorts. But you, you don't think so?
1: No, no, no. I, I always have a very slightly skewed pers- perspective of, of this because Maxim was the one who who chased uh, the second Mrs. De uh, Winter, hmm. uh, right from the beginning, he was clearly in a more powerful position, controlling position, yeah, because yeah. she was naive, she was an assistant, she was in awe with his uh, status and wealth, and hmm. etc. And then, a, a lot of the narrative is all from him as well, like how Rebecca died, all came from him. So he controlled a lot of what, um, of, of, you know, basically pretty much everything that she does, he has con- to- total control of. So, for 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 me, like it seems more like a controlling relationship rather than a mutually okay. loving relation. One, yeah,
0: and I yeah. guess that's a big point of the book is that she is living in obviously Rebecca's shadow, hence it being called Rebecca, and hence we never find out mm-hmm. her name, which um, is quite a key part of of the book. So I guess yeah, she's almost this this cipher. But yeah, I, I guess my view was always that it kind of it was like overcoming that rather than that being the mm. entire thing. Shall we? Shall we? Shall we go through this? This I don't know where you were leaving that, but maybe because you, you were going to say that this no, this this this, this, yeah. was, this played more as a love story than you were expecting. Is that what yes?
1: Yeah. That, that with, yeah. That, that's probably where um it was leading to yeah. Because this film played more as a love story than I expected to, whereas the original Rebecca um left more ambiguity at the end. Hmm. I would say rather than uh. Rather than this film, so I can start right now that I definitely prefer the original Rebecca, the nineteen forty Rebecca, than this one. Yeah. Um. Okay. I was writing a list of things that I like about this film and a list okay. of things I didn't like about this film, and definitely the list that I didn't like about this film is a lot more <laughs> than the films I liked about the film. Yeah.
0: Um. No, I mean I absolutely agree. Let's cut to the chase here. Yeah, this nineteen forty one. I mean nineteen forty one is a is an all time classic, and and let let's just say I don't think this one's going to win a Best Picture Oscar.
1: No, I think it's a poor adaptation of the book as well. I think it's just, I, I don't know what it's trying to do with this film. Um, my my first issue with this film is that the tone is just way off. Way, okay. way off. Like, um, I don't know what Ben Whitley was trying to make with this. Sometimes he was trying to do some horror elements in it. Sometimes he was doing some drama elements in it. And then it just doesn't blend very well.
0: Yeah, I, it's. As I say, I, I know you've not seen any Ben Wheatley stuff before. I've seen a couple of Ben Wheatley films, and this is it, such a strange path he's taken. I talked about this before. And we talked about it with the Meg Two, which is uh, obviously one of his upcoming endeavors. But he, he is. I mean, it's a bit like, a bit like David Lynch, I suppose, in some ways. That he, he's quite a distinct director in what he's done before. Definitely veering towards um, the the kind of the the horrific, but also the weird, um, and kind of very nightmarish I guess in some ways if you've watched High Rise for example. Uh, and you, The only time you ever see any of that in this I think is in the um, the ballroom or the ball scene where you kind of do get uh, uh, sorry, the second Mrs. De Winter going a little bit nuts and um, you can kind of see a little bit of Ben Wheatley in that. But otherwise he's doing a kind of a lush period drama um, with all these kind of views and costumes and all this that really doesn't feel like a Ben Wheatley thing at all. Uh, and the, the,
1: he tries to include like elements of horror in it as well which annoy, which, which doesn't land well to it like the part where Maxim was uh, sleepwalking mm. I don't think that was in the book at all I, I have no idea so. why it's mm. in the film it doesn't add anything to it the, all the weird dreams that um, the second Mrs. Winter was having it was odd mm. and the ominous birds They were like birds flying about when something bad was happening I didn't get that point at all like that it doesn't add anything. I think the worst offender to me, right, there was a part when um, the second Mrs. De Winter went uh, horse riding with a uh, wrecker's cousin. Oh, yes. After that, uh, what happened was that um, the cousin withdrew his arm to look at the watch. And it came with a loud noise and the second Mrs. De Winter jumped. So basically, he was trying to do a jump scare, Okay. a, a very poorly done <laughs> jump scare in this film, which doesn't need it, at a stupid point in time. And I just don't understand that. It. It, it just boggles me. It's so completely... Boggles me why he decided to do that. Like it makes no sense. And then suddenly the the music mm. became like dramatic music again. So he, he, I don't know what he's trying to do. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think uh, he knows so what he's trying to I'd do. I'd forgotten
0: the, the sleepwalking bit actually because it's been so. I watched this a few weeks ago. But um the I guess the one talking about Ben Wheatley being nightmare like nightmare stuff. I guess maybe that was him trying to put his touch on it. But as you said, it felt out of it felt, it felt out of place. I have a theory about the birds though. um okay. So you know the Alfred Hitchcock film The Birds. Yep. Uh, which is based on a short story by Daphne de Maurier, and I wonder if this is a kind of a subtle homage, Hitchcock du Maurier homage uh, going on. But yes, a little bit odd. Uh, let's let's talk about it's so Army Hammer. I like Army Hammer, but he's he's not Lawrence Olivier. Definitely not. I um, I think he's he can be very funny. I think he can be very good dramatically as well. So he's done some great stuff, but um, he just seemed quite grumpy throughout most of this. <laughs> um, and so the, what's with his accent? Was his accent weird? I didn't notice that. He's supposed to be British, right? I don't know, to be honest. Uh I didn't Yeah, I guess probably. Is it, it Mandalay is. in England? Uh yeah, no, you're right, I suppose. I guess it was kind of just a weird mid Atlantic accent that uh, Phil put on there. Yeah. <laughs> the thing the the genius of the book, and, and I guess the first, the first one as well. Um, is that you assume that he is pining for his dead wife, and the whole thing is like she can't possibly live up to this this brilliant, amazing first wife, yeah? Uh, and he's heartbroken, and then this amazing twist, where it's like no, he actually hated her. But at no point in this, I mean, obviously I knew the ending, but at no point in this films, I ever think that Army Hammer loved Rebecca. It's like every time she's mentioned, he gets cross. I don't, Yes, even if I didn't know the ending, I just think, "Well, he must have hated her." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas Laurence Olivier's performance obviously was, was fantastic, and he was nominated for an Oscar as well. But um, was was great. I I don't think this was Army Hammer's best work. It's also no, far too young. Isn't. Far too young.
1: I think uh, one of the issues is that the age difference between Army Hammer and Lily James are definitely not as large as the ones mm. between um, uh, Laurence Olivier and Jean Fontaine. So I was looking or up the age uh,
0: difference. Or indeed Lily James and Dominic West? Yeah. That's a little uh, wow. little topical <laughs> reference there. <Anyway. laughs> I was looking at the age
1: difference. Um, basically, John Fontaine and Lawrence Olivier had a 10 year age gap, which is, is
0: okay. It looks, yeah, but it comes across as more than that on screen. Yeah, it comes across as more than
1: that, definitely. I <laughs> Hammer and Lily James are only three years apart. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's.
0: Because, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I say 10 years is the minimum I think you should have, and I say they played it more than that. I mean, yeah, because he kind of was almost. Almost paternal to her in some ways, I think. In, yes, in, and um, yeah, you don't get that at all. And I guess if this maybe talks, speaks into how they didn't exactly know how to market it because it's like, is it a ghost stories, a horror stories, a love stories, and you think, well, if it's a love story, let's get two of the best looking, hottest actors around. Um, so, yeah, maybe don't do that. <laughs> they also, they also uh, seem to. Um, they seem to. I mean, it was implied that they had sex on a beach uh, fairly early on. Which yep. I don't think um, I don't think would have happened in uh, Lawrence Olivier's time. Uh,
1: no, definitely not. Um, yeah. We spoke about Amy Hammer now mm. about Lily James, and I, I, the thing is, right? I lo- I think Lily James has done really good acting in a lot of other films. Mm. This is definitely not her best, especially when she was playing weak, mild mannered. Um, Second Mrs. De Winter. Hmm. Her facial expressions annoy me greatly. Like she can't, she can't do weak at all. Like she really cannot do. Oh, what's going on? Why are people attacking me? She really cannot do that. Like Joan Fontaine does that hmm. so well. Lady G. James cannot do that at
0: all. Yeah, I. I mean, this is not her fault. But the the, the character of the Second Mrs. De Winter is supposed to be this kind of um, dowdy, unattractive, plain. Servant girl, or, or not servant, where is a, a companion uh, who was swept off her feet by this this guy? And I mean, Lily James is not plain. And um, and that's, I say, it's not her <laughs> fault, but she, at no point would you think, oh, yeah, she's just some girl that no one would ever fall for. You know think? Mean? Yeah. Um, so that doesn't work. And as you say, I actually. My, my overall feeling about this is that it's not bad it's just it's, it's, it's okay film but it's not rebecca it's, it's and, definitely and, not Rebecca, and, and that is one of the ways it's not is that that the character she was playing I, I actually kind of warmed to it in the end but um to what she was doing but it wasn't the second mrs de winter um no
1: it, and i the the tonal change in her character was too sudden as well i didn't expect that like after she heard, heard Maxim's story, she suddenly became, oh, I'm this formidable, strong yes. horse. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you exactly what we can do now. And she went and snuck into the doctor's office and that definitely did happen in the book. And like, hmm. it's not, you You can't portray someone who is weak and meek and mal-mannered from the beginning and then suddenly with just one explanation, the huge turn of character yeah people don't change immediately people don't change suddenly <laughs> and i think
0: i think the problem with partly is that in 21st century film they want to give the the female lead more to do and they want to make her a stronger character and they want to uh, give her more agency and all this so they have to make her the, the one basically yes yeah, she is leading uh, maxim through the court proceeding she is his rock she is actively as you say going breaking the doctor's office which feels like it's more trying to make her make her less weak as a female lead rather than serving the story I would say
1: which is a shame that which is a true shame because if they've read the book they should know that this is not how (laughs) this is not what the book is about I do I'm I'm
0: assuming that someone read the book at some point but it it feels I guess if you're remaking a film there's no point just doing it shot for shot or doing the same thing. So you, it makes sense to do something very different. But, but it felt to me like they've watched the film, the 1940 film, and say, "Well, how could we do that differently?" Uh, as opposed to how could we adapt the book differently? Maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like retelling that with different characters <laughs> playing those parts. Um, we haven't talked about Kristen Scott Thomas, who I think is is the best thing the in this film. The best thing, yeah. yeah, me too. <laughs> we have so many similar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I think we're not alone. I think everyone thinks that probably. But um, but yeah. The, the casting I say I say Army Hammer and Lady James like them both the casting for them is odd but Kristen Scott Thomas as Mrs. Dammit is perfect casting I think and she, and she lives up to that
1: um, she does she's the best thing of this like she's the only thing that makes this film watchable
0: mm. in my opinion and, and maybe even so I, I say the one in the ninth I can't remember who you did say who played in 1940 but she's maybe even better than that in terms of um, the layers to the performance because she's clearly well she seems to be in love with Rebecca um mm. In, in this but, but certainly loves her a great deal and kind of hero worships her yeah um, as well the so the ghost <laughs> uh, I, I follow i follow netflix uk on twitter um basically just to find out what's coming out and this is going to take a bit of explaining but um there was a there was a thing i want to go with colleen rooney and rebecca vardy for having a bit of a bargey uh, on twitter and and, and Colleen Rooney put out this tweet famous tweet that said blah 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 it's dot 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 Rebecca Vardy's account that was a, a big twist anyway um, so Netflix um, tweeted it's dot 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 Rebecca's account crossed out ghost uh, which is a very <laughs> weird thing to tweet it. anyway but it says that they thought this is all this story was all about Rebecca's ghost and you actually did see the ghost of her effectively at one point oh I didn't like that no what was going on th- <laughs> So, this this plays into what you said before. I guess about they don't know what this story is, but they seem to think it was a ghost story, uh, among other things. Um, is in no, no, but I seem catching glimpses of her, and and I can't. They actually did you actually? I had someone playing it, didn't you? But um, yeah, to actually see her wandering around, I think she's haunting this place. I mean, maybe, well, I, I guess metaphorically, she's haunting it, but not actually haunting it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, the most popular series on Netflix right now are the Haunting of Hill House series and the Haunting of Blind Manor. by um, right. Yeah, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> well, they're quite popular now okay. um, because Haunting of Blind Manor came out recently and they are really good, to be fair, if you, if you like uh, horror So you think this is a series called. Do you it. think someone at it's,
0: Netflix HQ was phoning up Ben it's like, quick, put a ghost in?
1: I, I feel like someone from, yeah, it's quite likely that, you know, they want to try to replicate the success of those okay. series. But they did a poor job with that because they didn't understand the, they didn't understand the book. They
0: didn't. No. Um what surprised this is moving on again, but um watching the film last night, uh, the the nineteen forty film, what surprised me was just how long there is between um Maxime admitting everything um to Second Mr De Winter and his trial <laughs> um, and then the fire at the end. In in my mind those happened fairly quickly, but both both the nineteen forty film and this this netflix film it seemed to drag on quite a because the 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 kind of the, the big twist de Newman effectively is he killed her or in the 1940 film he didn't kill her um he hated her the court stuff didn't really feel like it added much to me i guess maybe i it's all in the book i suppose but um
1: yeah it was in the book and um it did take quite some time in the book as well. Mm. <laughs> that's the thing. So I can't really, I can't really say anything against it because it is quite true to the book in enough. that sense because, uh, it's quite similar to that. Um, yeah. Um, I think the other things that the, the new film changed from the book as well is in the last the epilogue. Yes. So in the, in the original film, as well as the book, the film ends with, um, Maxime and the second Mrs. The Winter driving back to Mandalay and finding Mandalay in flames. Yes, beautiful ending. Yeah, to which I is on. a yeah, yeah. classic classic ending. Such a beautiful ending of this film. Yeah. This new film decided to prolong this ending and add more stuff to yeah. it and for, for some, no
0: reason whatsoever. For some reason, Mrs. Mr. Emma's rather than dying in the fire, yep. strolls down to the beach with, with D. James and jumps off a rock. before. Uh, not,
1: be, uh, not before giving a long
0: monologue. <laughs> <of, laughs> Yeah. I don't know why. It's so weird. It's so weird. Not least because surely um there's gonna be another court case or at least an inquiry where it's like so you're saying it was just the two of you on this beach together and she just set fire to your house and you hated her and she she fell off and died.
1: Oh my goodness. I the ending for the book is so perfect, you know. Like mm. It leaves, like, there's this. ah, And I hated that they had to explain everything about um, Mrs. Denver's um, motivations because yeah. you should be able to gather that from the entire film and the entire book. Yeah. You know why she's doing I'm what she's doing. I figured
0: that out, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, why do you have to give her this monologue at the end? And obviously, Lily James decides, uh, the second Mrs. De Winter decides to be so strong and go march down to the beach and say, oh, I'm going to stop her, I'm going to find her.
0: Mm. So maybe, again, oh, it's just to give them all to And maybe this I mean, Kristen Scott-Thomas was great, but yeah, that kind of famous shot of her just in the fire but would have been so much better. Although, it's just me, did, did the the fire effect in this Netflix film look worse to me than the 1940 <laughs> it version? Did. It, it, it definitely did. Because <laughs> this is not a cheap film. They've got the budget. And I think that, that that just looked... I don't know what they did in 1940, whether they actually... Maybe they set a miniature on fire or something. I don't know, but... Um, yeah, you know, or maybe they, maybe they actually just sent, set a mansion on fire. As seems... <laughs> yes they do, 1940. <laughs> yeah, they said to whoever it was playing Mrs. Damage just stand there. We'll get you out. Don't worry. Um, so yeah, that, that didn't, look, didn't look brilliant. So I mean, overall, I'd say it's. I mean, if you've got Netflix, it's free. It's not. It's not a bad way to spend an evening. But it's. It's probably going to annoy you more than you'll enjoy it. Would do. especially
1: if you love the book and yeah, love the yeah. original film
0: go and watch the original film it really stands up um, it's free on YouTube guys free on you, on you have no YouTube. excuse you not go. to yeah. uh, and it, lo- it looks beautiful it sounds beautiful um, go with that if you want to watch a Ben Wheatley film watch the Meg 2 when it comes out that's what I say <laughs> or Tomb Raider 2 uh, actually, or, 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 the, or, the, or, or the Tomb Raider 2 is not going to happen actually um, <laughs> I see, I've, I've seen uh, a couple of his films Free Fire and, um, and High Rise neither of which I love to be honest but I'm, I'm told Sightseers is great which I've not seen so uh, maybe check out Sightseers let us know what you think of Sightseers or indeed Rebecca um, at Movies on Twitter CZMovies at gmail.com we move on then Zeejan if we've said everything we're going to say about Rebecca's mm-hmm. um, to our final segment the quiz you... oh
1: it's Active Factor for next week by oh the way.
0: sorry good question um, who are we Active Factoring for next week Uh
1: we may find more bad films than good films but I've decided on Adam Sandler Interesting.
0: I am not gonna watch um his Netflix films. <laughs> so many of them, Colin. So many to choose from. He does. He's got that, that contract with Netflix. Um what's the one about the Cowboys? Ridiculous Six or something? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't sign on next time. I look forward to it. Um sorry got Will Quiz then. Um this is You are are one up for the years, Asian. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm going to do very well on this one, to be honest. I'm just going to say that right now. Luc Besson's made (laughs) quite a lot of films. I've not seen many, and I didn't do much research. Um, So we'll see how this goes. Uh, But why don't you ask me your first Luc Besson question?
1: Okay, question one. Which is Luc Besson's most profitable film, making more than 11 times its budget?
0: Ooh, okay. Um, See, I think The Fifth Element did very well. Probably that. Uh, I'm going to say The Fifth Element. It's Lucy. Oh really? Its budget was
1: forty million dollars. It made four hundred and sixty million dollars. Wow, it's not very good. I can
0: tell you that it's not very good. Uh, uh, Fine. That was probably the only one I had a chance on. Um, The War of the Two Worlds was the third installment in which franchise? It has to be Arthur and Invincibles. Uh, good enough, it's uh, Arthur. I think it's Arthur and the Invisibles rather than The Invincibles. But, uh, Invisibles, But yeah. yes, good work. I don't know anything about those films, but they got three of them. So.
1: <laughs> Question two. In Leon, uh, Matilda, played by um, Natalie Portman, played a game with Leon where she impersonated many famous people. Which of these did she not impersonate? Madonna, Marilyn
0: Monroe, Charlie Chaplin, Gene Kelly, and John Wayne. No, she definitely did... I think definitely. Uh, Madonna, Marilyn Monroe, and uh, Charlie Chaplin. I've seen this one a couple of times. So, John Wayne and Gene Kelly. John Wayne and Gene Kelly. I don't remember doing either of those. Um, so, it's going to be a 50 50 guess, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say Gene Kelly.
1: Ooh, you tossed the wrong card. Oh. <laughs> you landed on the wrong side. It was uh, John Wayne. It was uh, actually uh, Leon who did John Wayne's impersonation ah. after that to show off to uh, <laughs>
0: in yes. the game. Oh, that's annoying. Um, which 1990 action thriller about a female assassin has the highest Rotten Tomatoes rating of all of Luc Besson's films? It has to be La
1: Femme Nikita, right? That is La Femme Nikita. Yeah. Uh, question three What was Bruce Willis's character? Corbin Dallas's occupation
0: in the Fifth Element. <laughs> Have you not seen the Fifth Element? Uh, I I think I saw it years and years ago. Um, I didn't like it. Um, uh, he wears to a vest, it. if I remember right, but I'm a die-hard. Um, he is. <laughs> He's a vest in a lot of films. <laughs> he does like he likes a, he likes a vest. Uh, it's going to be a stab in the dark. <laughs> Go on, then. Um, is he a? meteorologist <laughs> no
1: he's a taxi driver
0: okay I told you I wasn't going to do well on this one um, mm. who played Joan of Arc in Besson's 1999 epic uh, that's Mila Jovovich it is you seem you like you've done some research isn't uh,
1: I, I, <laughs> I did what you always do I did it one hour before this question. right oh, I shouldn't look oh, well. <laughs> um, Luke Besson's film The Lady sees Michelle Yeoh I had to ask a question with a Malaysian actress in it yes starring as which Nobel Peace Prize laureate there two clues now. Uh, the film Aang is called si Lady. Suki. Yeah.
0: Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, for which Oscar was the fifth element nominated? Uh, Sound editing. Yes. <laughs> uh,
1: and I, I made Question 5 quite tricky as well. Oh yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but it's something that you four, like as four well.
0: you're 4-1 up at the moment. But, uh. <laughs> it's
1: something that you may be interested in anyway. Oh, yeah. uh, I thought it was good trivia. The trailer for Valerian featured which Beatles song right. marking the first time a Beatles recording has been featured in a non-Beatles film advertisement?
0: Ooh. Yeah, I thought it was some okay, nice trivia for you fun. to know about. Um, I've yeah. got a clue. but uh, I know, but it's, uh, it's quite fun. interesting, isn't no, it? There's about 212 to choose from. Um, <laughs> like that. So what kind of film, what kind of can song? I, uh, I, I can give you a clue, Colin. Uh, I've not heard of this song before. Okay. Um, is it uh, Across the Universe i heard that's like my favorite <laughs> is it all right yeah uh, i have another guess <laughs> you can have another guess yeah lovely um is it a day in the life <laughs> I heard, heard that as well? anyway okay yeah, i'm gonna go more no. obscure is it i've just seen a face <laughs> no is it why don't we do it in the road
1: nope gone <laughs> i'm you like multiple choices is now. It, it's not like you can win anyway is it
0: anno brackets go to him <laughs>
1: How how obscure Beatles songs you
0: know? Uh, I, I I know for a score. Is it um you know my name brackets look up the number. <laughs> Maybe, have I gone too obscure? I need to get, I need to hit somewhere between the, those Devils of Obscurity. So uh, <laughs> I have
1: no idea now because I've not heard any of the ones before. Well, I've
0: got, I've, those are some very obscure ones. Um, let's go for one that's less. Uh, she's leaving home. No. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Should I give you an answer? Free free as a bird. No. <laughs> Is it anything to do with planets or anything? No. Nope. Uh, I was trying to... I wasn't trying that hard to fit it in. Um, can you give me the first word? <laughs> There's only one word. Okay. well one word? You must have heard of yesterday. I um, yesterday, <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Taxman. Nope. <laughs> we can pad out the rest of the podcast with just me naming one word Beatles on chains. Well, well, you're doing this anything, That's so
1: maybe
0: we can. <laughs> Um. Is it chains? No, it isn't chains. Is it Michelle?
1: No, it's not Michelle.
0: Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm, running of, I'm running out of one-word songs. Um, um, is it Julia? Is it,
1: wow, these are some obscure songs that you know.
0: I, well, I, I love, love the Beatles. Um,
1: yeah, and there are none of them.
0: No. <laughs> Can you tell me which? How bad it is?
1: How bad is this? How obscure
0: is this song? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of songs. I don't have a clue, so I'm just guessing songs at random. Okay. <laughs> Shall I tell you the answer, Colin? Tell me the first letter. <laughs> Fine. B. B. Because. Yes. Uh. Is it obscure? Well, it's yeah, it's pretty obscure. It wasn't a single or anything. It was, um, it was an album track on Abbey Road, Um, apparently based around a uh, Beethoven symphony with the music turned upside down, I think.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, um, I've not heard all that before. That's why.
0: Uh, you did just say Because the World is Round? I guess that you, you told me it wasn't about a planet. The first line is about a planet. Oh, is it? Mm. Is it? Because I, the... I've not, I told you I've not
1: heard of this song before, Colin. How am I supposed to know? Anyway,
0: um, you're 4 one up, despite me having like 15 guesses from one. <laughs> uh, Let's see if you can make a clean sweep. Um, and tell me, how old is Matilda in *Leon*? 12, right? 12. 5 out of 5, Zijan. That is a...
1: I should definitely do this like researching before. when I know. It definitely
0: I'll start doing that again. So that puts you two up for the others. I think this is—I'm confident this is the first time that either of us has been up by more than one in this very tight, uh, tight race this year. Well, that's
1: what happens when you're in lockdown. You have nothing else to do but research quiz questions.
0: Yeah, this this could be the. Uh, so I think we've got what three or four left this year. Mm. Um, this could be your first ever victory for years, Egan.
1: Don't say that, Colin.
0: This is this is nailed on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is- what are we doing? Oh no! First quiz. Uh, next time we are quizzing on the films of Michael Bay. Um, oh, okay. So it's, it's a real classic. The next next time it's Adam Sandler and Michael Bay. Um, but what's our next uh, t- main topic, Zian?
1: Uh, another classic from us. <laughs> oh yeah. We're listing films that begin with like the F.
0: We can do this all year. <laughs> no, we can't. We don't can. <laughs> No, that's true. You're gonna, you're gonna have to start. Once you've run out of letters, we'll have to start. Maybe there's films films ending with the letter A or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll see you then.
2: Bye.